everybody. Welcome back to the one, the only, Grave Hour. Uh, unfortunately, you guys are just going to have to settle for a little old me this time because Elden could not participate in this week's episode. So I figured I would just, you know, put a little eyeliner on, like a little blue and a little red. And like, hey, it's almost like you get two different versions of me, right? In truth, I actually did a whole makeup look that just didn't turn out. And uh, I just left the eyeliner and called it a day. But um, since it's just me, I figured you and me, we can get to know each other a little bit better. And I can share with you some of my personal scariest experiences. Now, as a disclaimer, uh, I'm not going to be talking about anything too, too heavy. But if you are sensitive to topics such as being followed or kidnapping, I was never kidnapped, I just, I was convinced that I was almost kidnapped, I'll get into it eventually. Uh, this just might not be the episode for you. We shot a really great episode where I break down, along with my partner Elden, uh, funeral costs and how to save money on funerals. I don't know if that's any less triggering, but you know what, it was really informational, so you could check that out if you would rather watch that instead. You could find that. Um, by searching Riot Radio on Google. Anyway, so we're going to just get straight into it. This episode might be a touch shorter because it is just me and I don't have my witty partner to bounce stuff off of. So like I said, you just have me. So we're going to go ahead and get started. I'm going to try to keep these somewhat chronological. I'm not fantastic with timelines, so be patient with me, please. So I'm going to start off with one that happened when I was about eight years old, approximately. So uh, I lived in Oshawa, at the time Oshawa, Ontario, and I went to Gertrude Kulpis Public School for any of my Oshawa locals who might be interested. And I was pretty, I'm pretty sure I was walking home from school at the time. And I remember that in previous months, we were getting hit really hard in school with, you know, stranger danger, what to do if you're being followed, what to do if someone's making you feel uncomfortable. And my parents were always really, really into the stranger danger, like, don't get into anybody's car. If someone tells you they have free candy, they're probably lying. Um, just stuff like that. Things that, you know, parents these days are very, very young on top of, typically speaking. So I was walking home from school and it was along a main street where there were there were plazas on each side. I can't remember the name of the street, so I'm sorry. But I was walking by myself because I very frequently for most of my childhood walked to school. I didn't take a bus that much. So I was walking home and I have to quickly preface this by saying I might have misremembered certain details about this. And that's just, I don't know if it was because I was really scared or because my imagination was super overactive at the time. But I began feeling like I was being followed. And I turned around and there was a very tall man. And I remember this very vividly. He was tall white guy, short haircut, uh, black pants, a belt, white t-shirt and this is the part that I might have misremembered but I can't say for certain but it looks like he had a spiked dog collar around his neck 
and I think he had like some leather bracelets or something like that. And the reason why I say that is because I remember being so scared that this was such a blur that I for a long time could only somewhat remember certain details. So I don't know for certain if the man had a dog collar on, but if he did, no offense to anyone who likes to wear spiked dog collars who are creeps. Anyway, so I remembered very vividly that this guy was not only following me, but he was like stalking towards me, I swear to you, like this. And he had this really mean, like shark-like, cold expression on his face. I couldn't remember the word for a second. And I was super scared because like obviously I had been taught all of these things and what to do in these situations, but I was very timid. I didn't really like talking to people. And even back then, this is super sad, this is a problem, especially among women, where I was almost trying to justify in my head that, oh, well, you know, this can't be happening to me, you know, or, oh, what if I tell somebody that this guy's following me and it turns out that he's just going to one of the stores, how do I know? But I'm going to say pretty confidently that this guy had ill intentions. The other thing that threw me off was he was doing this in broad daylight on a main street where if he tried to do anything to me, there would have been witnesses. Anyway, um, so I had remembered that earlier, I think the month before, or maybe even that month, we had been told if you get scared, make it look like you're walking with somebody on the street and then, you know, get close enough to tell them that you're being followed. So there were people, but the only person close to me was this little old woman who was hunched over using a walker and she was walking very slowly so I kind of caught up with her and I was trying to make it look like I was walking with her like maybe she was my grandmother or my babysitter or something but this guy was not deterred by that whatsoever and he just kept gunning for me like I was a hot pocket on the side of the road. I don't know. So I was getting really really scared. I kept looking back. This guy obviously knew I knew what he was doing because I was looking back like every few seconds trying to just make sure this guy wasn't getting closer and closer to me. So I was walking with this woman. She hadn't really noticed me and I couldn't seem to find the voice to tell her like, hey, I think this guy is following me because I was still very insecure, very shy, very timid, and I still just didn't want to tell this woman something and then it turned out that I was wrong. It's a whole, it's a whole situation. So I'm walking with this woman and this is how I knew in my little eight-year-old brain that I was in fact being followed because the woman suddenly decides to cross like in the middle of the street. There's no crosswalk or anything. The crosswalk was actually quite a ways away and I think that that was part of the reason why she did that. Sorry, just spit a little bit of sorry so I crossed with her and as soon as we did that this guy follows us like coming straight after both of us and luckily luckily I got right up next to this woman and finally she looks at me makes eye contact with me kind of looks over her shoulder and I think at that point this guy was like oh somebody knows what I'm doing now and he beelined it to the plaza across the street and went into one of the stores. So that 
was terrifying. <laughs> oh my goodness. So luckily, like, this person never caught me or touched me or anything. So thank goodness. Thank goodness, thank goodness, thank goodness for that. Um, the next one I'm going to tell you, I think I was about six, so this isn't in chronological order anymore. But uh, I almost drowned once, and that was super scary. So my parents had a cottage, and to this day, I have no idea what area that cottage was in, because our cottage was, it was a teeny tiny little shack of a thing, and his parents, my stepdad's parents, sorry, had a cottage that was much bigger, just kind of around the corner. So everywhere there was like cottage, cottage, cottage. It was like a little cottage community, and people could also come and camp there too. So right in behind our cottage there was like a community like pond that people would swim in and I went there with um, my parents and then there were some campers that just decided to come with us I guess my parents became friendly with them and they had a very young son so I think that he was like four or five and I was like six I'm pretty sure so we were swimming and I was not a great swimmer and neither was he obviously he had little water wings but um, I didn't have like a life jacket or anything again because I always stayed in shallow water with my parents. So we were just playing, me and him, and my parents were off talking, you know, with the other campers and swimming and all that good stuff. And I don't remember the little boy's name, unfortunately. I only honestly saw him that one day and I didn't see him again after, at least that I can remember. So he comes up to me and he decides that he wants to get out and he just assumes that because I'm a little bit older than him that I can basically guide him back to the shore and watch your kids I'm not blaming my parents I'm not blaming his parents I'll explain later but make sure you really watch your children if you ever want to take them swimming so I'm pretty confident because I've been in that lake or pond so many times before so I grab his little hand and I start walking him over to where the dock is but what I didn't know was that there was a drop underneath the water that I was not aware was there so without realizing I, I feel so bad I probably traumatized this poor boy but I walked us both off of this drop and the thing when you're drowning especially as a very young kid you will unintentionally drown each other. So I remember that I was trying to keep my head above water. So I was unknowingly pulling on him because I think I said he had water wings or he had a life jacket, I don't remember. And he was pulling me down and I was pulling him down and we were literally like whack-a-mole going up and down like this. We were drowning and oh my Lord, that was one of the most scary experiences of my life. But don't worry, obviously I'm here today for a reason. His dad saw our heads bobbing up and down in the water and he rushed over to us and grabbed us both in his arms and he was very casual about it. He wasn't like, he's like, whoa guys, like, hey, what are you doing, silly kids? So luckily we were okay, but I just remember I swallowed a lot of water. It was really scary, I was really upset. But I don't know, I was a kid, so I got over it like a few hours later. But as an adult, I'm still not a big swimmer. I like shallow water. I will always like shallow water. And yeah, so that was the time that I almost drowned. Have you guys almost drowned before? I mean, it's not really my business. If you have or not, you don't have to tell me. But I'm just curious if any of you ever drowned or almost drowned. 
This is why Elden is on the show. Anyway, so I have a few more, I think. I have one. This is the time that I'm pretty confident I may or may not have almost been abducted. So this takes place in Bracebridge, Muskoka, which is also located in Ontario. Uh, my dad lives there and I decided in my grade 12 year after my high school, Dr. F.J. Donovan Collegiate Institute was closed, that I was instead going to move to Bracebridge with my dad and go to school there. So the thing was, my shift was the afternoon shift, which at the time, I don't know if it's still the same, but it's at three to 11 o'clock at night, which, uh, sorry, I got a little, oopsie, got a little bit of violent, or just deal with it, I'm sorry. So I would finish at 11 o'clock, but the thing was, was that my Tim Hortons was so close to my dad's house that I could walk home in literally, I timed it between five to seven minutes. So I decided that I would just walk home. There was no sense in making my dad stay up to pick me up because it was a really safe town. There was a big police presence there. Literally the police would come into the shop and we would, you can give them the throwaway donuts for free. You weren't supposed to though, we just did it anyway. So I never had any issue doing this. My father had no issue with me doing this and I did it literally like every night. Occasionally people would drive me home, but a lot of the times I would want to walk home just because I'd listen to, at the time it was on, was it an iPod? It was an iPod classic that I would listen to music on back in those good old days, as it were. So I was walking home one night and the thing is, the streets were super dark. So the street that I'd walk along didn't have street lights all the way through. And then once I entered the neighborhood, there was like few street lights. So I was walking in this neighborhood and obviously everyone's lights are off. There's nobody there. It's just me. And in the distance, I see this truck coming and not a big deal, but I'm a paranoid person, which is really ironic because I have a show that's completely about like the paranormal and just terrifying things, which I think is really ironic. So, I got nervous immediately, not because at the time they were doing anything wrong, but because I'm paranoid. So there was no sidewalk, there was just kind of like a gravel path, and each house, just to prevent like flooding and stuff, had like a ditch with like one of those little tubes to like let rain run off, like escape and not flood your house, basically. So at first it looked like this truck was going at a completely normal pace, but then all of a sudden, it slowed down tremendously. And this is what terrified me to this day is that they flipped their high beams on. Now, for people who have never been on the side of a road and had someone's high beams flash in your face, the reason why it's so scary is because when you have that level of light, everything around you becomes pitch black. So all I could see was blinding white light and I couldn't see anything else and I was panicking because they were going really slow and they were on my side of the road where I was so I got this sinking feeling that great someone's gonna jump me like these or someone's gonna kidnap me or someone's gonna do something bad to me so I'm flopping 
terrified. And I keep walking further and further away from the gravel um, kind of pathway to put some distance in between me and the truck. And I was trying to look for houses that had lights on or that I could at least pretend that I was, you know, going into someone's house or maybe I could tuck into somebody's backyard or something. But like I said, I could not see anything. I couldn't see anything. So I'm panicking, I'm panicking. So I just keep moving further and further and further away. And then I tripped. But me being clumsy saved my life and I'm convinced of it to this day. So I tripped and the thing is, is that I fell into that ditch that I mentioned that the houses had. Well, not into that ditch, a ditch. And I fell face first into that ditch and I guess to the people it looked like I must have just disappeared because they kind of slowed down, they paused like someone was looking and I just stayed laying in that ditch. I just stayed there, I held my breath and then they kept driving. And I'm like, being clumsy saved my life, as I said. So after that, I got up and I, I hustled my little booty home because I was pretty scared. And I ended up bringing it up to like, I'm pretty sure I brought it up to my parents like years later and they're like, yeah, that's really, really messed up. You probably should have told someone. I am very notorious for not telling people when this happens, not for any particular reason. I just never told people that this stuff happened. So I have two more stories to tell you and I'm just debating which one I want to tell you first. I have one that's kind of paranormal that I'm going to tell you. Okay. So, um, this was also in Bracebridge and at the time, I think I was, again, it was around the same time, so like 19, 20 years old, and um, it was Christmas time. And the thing is, is that we always had this family tradition where um, every Christmas the kids would all sleep together. So my brother and my sister lived there, my brothers didn't. So my sister came over to like celebrate Christmas at my dad's house because she lived there, but she lived in her own apartment. So we were all sleeping in the basement together because the basement was made to have an added office space in a bedroom and it was like almost like its own apartment but it just didn't have a kitchen. So we were all sleeping downstairs and I woke up at some point and I thought that I saw my sister get up and leave and I swore that she never came back. So I just laid my head back down and I remember waking up again and I thought that I saw her standing in the doorway and I just thought like, you're weird. What are you doing? Stop. I put my head back down to try to go back to sleep and then all of a sudden, my sister gets up from the bed that she was sleeping in and walks out the door. Now, mind you, you could be thinking to yourself like, well, you saw her standing in the doorway. Maybe she laid down and then just got back up. No, I didn't hear her move and I even asked her when she came back, I'm like, how many times have you gotten up tonight? And she said, this is the first time, what do you mean? And the reason why that's so freaky is because I swear that house was haunted. So this, this house is basically one story, but it's a bunch of little stories. Bear with me. 
So that same room, we had a cat that was named Dasher because we got him around Christmas time, and everyone was outside shooting BB guns safely. We had a setup so no one would get hurt, don't worry. And they were shooting BB guns in the backyard. My dad, um, her boyfriend at the time, and my sister. But I was being an antisocial little cleave, cleave, creep, and I was downstairs playing like Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. I don't know why. Uh, it was just a game that we had and I was playing it. And the cat came down the stairs. Like he rushed down the basement stairs. And I'm like, okay, he's a cat, that's what cats do. And he runs into the back bedroom, turns towards this little tiny closet in the bedroom. And if y'all have never heard a cat howl before, I can't explain this to you. But he puffs up and he was not aggressive. Actually, he got stolen from us because he was so friendly that we're pretty sure someone picked him up and then just like took him. But anyway, he puffs up, arches his back and he's just howling at this closet. So we live in Bracebridge, Muskoka, so I think it's a dog spider, it's a moth, maybe even a bird somehow got in here. So I did the classic dumb girl thing in a horror movie where I walked into the room, opened up the closet, walked inside, looked around, it was just a teeny tiny little closet and there was nothing in there. So I'm like, what is he so upset about? There's nothing in here. And at the time, I didn't feel any eerie feelings, which I have felt before, in my opinion, when spirits may or may not have been there. Just for my skeptics, I could just be creepy. Anyway, so I'm like, you're crazy. There's nothing in here. Because he was obviously very, very upset. So me, I love my cat. I don't want him to be upset. So I pick him up. He didn't claw me or anything. Cause like I said, I'm a very friendly cat. And I take him upstairs and I shut the basement door. So whatever is upsetting him downstairs, like he doesn't have access to it. He can kind of just ignore it. So I go back downstairs. I go back to trying to play my game. And the cat is howling at the door. Like he's really upset, howling at the basement door upstairs. So I'm like, okay, maybe he's like worried about me or he wants to come downstairs and like be with me. So I walk upstairs, I open the door to let him in. I'm like, Dash, what's your problem? Same thing, beelines it down the stairs, runs into the back room, turns, looks at the closet, puffs himself up. And at that moment, I decided that Satan's in that closet. I need to go outside. It ended up actually working out in my favor because I ended up going outside and shooting BBs. And again, didn't tell anyone that this happened until years later. And um, I ended up being really good at it. We had a competition to see who could shoot the head off of a matchstick. And I ended up winning against my dad and my dad's friends and my sister. And I was like, yes. But that wasn't the only paranormal experience I had there, which mind you, I never felt like it was like bad, like a bad ghost, if that makes sense. Um, so one time I was doing laundry, again, same house, and my dad had this very old workout set up and he had like a screwdriver sitting on top of it because he was going to disassemble it and get rid of it because it was super old. And it was sitting definitely to where like you could knock it over, but it wouldn't fall over by itself, if that makes sense. So it's like a, one of those lifting benches type of thing. And 
the screwdriver, no, sorry, it was a wrench, not a screwdriver, it was a wrench. The wrench fell off of it. So I look at it and I'm like, oh, okay, it just slid off. Makes sense, right? So I picked it up, put it back, and turned around to continue like rummaging through my laundry as it were, and then it fell again. And I'm like, okay, it's a coincidence, right? So I pick it up, put it back, turn away, it falls over again. So I picked it up again, they said, hi, can you stop doing that? You're actually starting to scare me. And I put it back. And mind you, I put it back in the exact same place every single time. And lo and behold, when I said that, it didn't get done. Does that mean that there was a ghost? No. I'm going to 100% say that does not mean that there was a ghost. So I said that I was only going to tell you uh, one more story, but I did just remember actually in talking about walking that I had another kind of creepy story that's very short and then I will get to the final one, I promise. So on one of these midnight walks, it was very typical for our town to have um, like truckers pull through it, right? Making deliveries and such. So I was walking one time and this truck pulls up, this like big 18 wheeler pulls up and there's a man and a woman inside. And they stop roll their window down and ask me where the nearest gas station is. Now there's about three or four in that town now, I think four, but at the time there was only two and they closed at a certain time. But I honestly just wanted these people to get away from me because I felt really weird right off the bat because why would you be making a delivery in a city but not know at least the general location of where a gas station is? This was in the time of Google, so no one has an excuse anymore. So I give them directions, I explain, okay, I go down this road, turn right on the main street, then you're going to make a left, go down the hill, and um, there's a plaza with the Tim Hortons, and there's a gas station there, and there's another one right across from it. And the man looks forward, looks back at me and says, well, is there any way that you can just, like, get in the truck and, like, point it out to us? And, of course, I said no, like my house, and he's like, oh, well, I'll drop you off at your house, like, on the way, or on the way back, I don't fully remember, and I said, no, that's my house right there, but thank you, and the woman pipes up and says, oh, honey, we're not creeps or anything, we just need help finding the gas station, and I said, well, I gave you the directions, um, if you get lost, there's, uh, the cop shop police station is down that way too, which it wasn't, it was actually back, but I said that, and they were like, oh, okay, and then they drove off. So we're at 30 minutes now, so I'm going to tell you my final story, and then I'm going to let you sweet little baby angels go. So this, again, I wanted to keep this in chronological order, but it, it didn't happen that way, so I'm sorry. So I was about 16 when this happened, and my history of taking midnight walks has been long. And I did them in secret a lot of the time too, which was even worse. So my mom did not like these midnight walks. She banned me from doing it. My mom was literally the mom where if the sun was starting to go down, even into my 20s, would get upset if I wanted to go for a walk, which is part of the reason why I never told her that I was going anywhere. That's not a slight against her. But um, I was 
taking a midnight walk, listening to like an old MP3 player. And we lived by, again, this is for Oshawa locals, the Oshawa Center, which is a big mall. So when I walked along these roads, I was normally like in plain view of passing cars and, and people and stuff. But I would have to walk down a street to get back into my neighborhood, which was like a residential neighborhood. So this one's actually kind of sad. So trigger warning, this involves somebody getting jumped. Me, I got jumped. So I was walking back and I saw this group of boys and they were all just being boys, I suppose. Well, bad, they were being bad boys, I'm pretty sure. So there was this field that, um, it was a big field and then it led over a bridge. I'm very bad at explaining, but there was this big field. I think it was used for like soccer. And then there was like a small little creek and a bridge that you could cross over and you would be in my neighborhood. And there was like a little park there and it was literally right beside my house. So as soon as I saw them, I decided like, I don't want to walk past them because like, I don't think that they're doing anything wrong, but I just want to be safe. So I start walking across the field, and I noticed right away that when they noticed me, they all turned their heads and started looking at me. And at the time, just for a visual, I was five foot and 90 pounds. Not the best candidate to be taking walks at night, although anybody's in danger. It doesn't matter your shape size. So I was walking across the field, and I just told myself that if I didn't panic, and I didn't act scared, then they wouldn't think that they could make a target out of me. You know, you know what I'm saying? So, this is really scary, but I'm also very lucky. So, I turned my music down enough that I could hear if someone was following me. Lo and behold, I hear... That's me trying to make foot footsteps thudding against the ground. So I'm like, someone's running at me. I didn't have time to even start running, which I could have. I was on the track team. Not in high school, in grade school, so I guess it doesn't really count. Anyway, so I get shoved from behind. And I didn't have a cell phone at the time for anyone who's like, why didn't you just call someone? I literally didn't have a cell phone until I was like 18 or 19 years old because my family didn't have a lot of money. So I fell forward. My MP3 player fell underneath me and I just froze and I got kicked in the stomach. Luckily, like not that hard if I'm being quite honest, but that doesn't matter. So this guy shoved me, kicked me, stuffed his hands in both of my pockets and you want to know what his reward for this little jumping escapade was two toonies that i had saved up so that i could buy me and my friend like a pack of skittles and a pack of doritos from the vending machine at school so he put his hands in my pockets took my toonies and then turned around and left and i waited until his footsteps were like quieter so I knew he was far away and I just got up I again I didn't run because I didn't want to incite the rest of the group to follow me and I kind of just sped walked back home and the unfortunate thing at the time is I again didn't tell anybody which I should have as an adult I know that now but I was so scared of my mom being so upset that I went on a secret midnight walk when I wasn't supposed to that like I was gonna be in so much trouble and even my best friend at the time which mind you she's 
a lovely person. Like, we are still friends to this day, but at the time, I was worried that she was going to be like, well, you should know better. Why did you do that? You should have known not to do that. So I was so, like, I felt all this shame in myself that I had done something wrong. Which, mind you, I shouldn't be walking around the neighborhood at night, but at the same time, our street should be safe, if that makes sense. But, of course, that's not the world that we live in today, unfortunately. Maybe that will be our world one day, but there's jerks everywhere, so. Yeah. So I ended up being okay in the end. Like I said, I'm... I count, this is going to sound insensitive, but I count myself lucky that um, it wasn't worse. Like, if the entire group decided to jump me, like, it could have gone in many, many, many worse ways. But I survived. I'm okay now. And as an adult, I know that if anything ever happens to me that I can speak up, I can tell someone, and I hope that if you take anything away from this, it's that if you have not told people stuff before, don't be ashamed, just eliminate that behavior. You know, encourage yourself to, you know, share your experiences and learn from your experiences as well. Tell people when bad things happen to you and you know what, report things if you must. So that's all I have to say. Those are all of my scariest experience stories. Hopefully I didn't bore you with any of this. If it was, Hopefully, Elden will be back next week. If not, maybe I will have a guest on the show who I can bounce some of my goofiness off of. So, uh, please make sure that you follow Riot Radio on all other social media, DCSI, Riot Radio. Um, I have an Instagram for this show, but if I'm being completely candid, I almost never post to it anymore, but uh, maybe I'll post this time. But definitely follow Riot Radio on Instagram because they always share my stuff. So thank you so much for watching. Um, stay safe, stay spooky, creepy, quirky, and frickin' cute. Goodbye, everybody.